Hey everybody, George here with another episode of the In Good Spirits podcast with my friend here, Chris. George, how are we doing today? It's a beautiful, beautiful winter afternoon, ready for another storm to hit? Oh yeah, it is. I'm actually looking forward to more snow because uh, I I hate the sun and people being happy, so uh, <laughs> bring on more snow. It's a great personality trait. Just, I'm a, I'm a minion of depression and darkness. Although you do have, do you have a minion on your shirt? No, no, no. That's the Star Wars shirt. Okay. I thought it was a minion. It almost looks like a minion in the middle with an eyeball and a strap. Oh, it kind of does. Oh, that's unfortunate. <laughs> that is Darth Vader and Obi-Wan Kenobi having a lightsaber battle on the Death Star. Okay. So not in a new not hope. minion. That's not, there's no Gru. There's no minions. There's no Bob. No, and I'm going to, I'm going to set the record straight here and stand up to make sure that everyone's aware that it is Star Wars and not. I've never actually seen anything Minion before. And not I'm bad. I mean, they're not it. great. They're no Pixar movies, but the Despicable Me movies are, f- the first two are fine. Um, You know, they're good. They're they're cute. They're stupid little monsters. They make noises. They're fun. I feel like I need to watch that stuff at some point on a lot of drugs, you know? <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> something I found, speaking of things that are unwatchable that I've watched recently for the first time. Ooh. The original star wars holiday special oh i've never actually seen it i've heard so much about it um it's let me put it to you this way the first 20 minutes are all wookies oh nice with with no subtitles oh good i mean really do you you shouldn't need subtitles to understand a wookie i'm gonna need a lot of i want to revisit with enough drugs in my system or alcohol or whatever yes I, i don't even do drugs by the way but mm. I feel like I need to to watch this because <laughs> I want to get to the point of inebriation where I understand the Wookiees without subtitles. So there's a point in watching it. Yeah, I mean, so basically, you it's it's like you went to uh, to your uh, what is it, Babel, and you started to learn the native language of Kashyyyk. Yes, <laughs> I touched I touched the tower and I learned all the languages. Yeah. <laughs> It's like they couldn't even have C-3PO show up and like translate or something. It's just, or he sits, right, just sits in the corner, just sits in the corner of the screen (laughs) Yeah, where he's just translating for you. (laughs) It was, it was unwatchable though. Nice. It really was. Anyway, enough about uh, bad things. Let's go into good things. Yeah. So what, what do we have? We've got, uh, we've got two samples here today. Uh, First time we recorded in a little while, but man, you brought some heat this time, right? Yeah, I figured go all out, you know, like holiday special it, you know, <laughs> I'm kidding. Best foot <laughs> forward on this one. Uh, yeah. Uh, sorry. I'm just remembering the little bits and pieces that I watched, including like, a very <laughs> coked out Carrie Fisher singing. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, which was the style at the time. <laughs> oh, to be involved in that, it had to be the style. But anyway, yeah. we, uh, I decided some age statement weeded bourbon was, the way to go nice and one of them being the very well sought after kill your grandmother for well or 12 year okay yeah so we're we've got two so that's the well or 12 and then you've got a a local option from uh, finger lakes distilling correct the mckenzie single barrel uh eight-year-old weeded bourbon okay so we'll, we'll talk yeah, let's talk more about... Oh, go ahead. You had some detail on that. 
Uh, we'll get into it when we get to it because okay, it'll so, turn into a rambly thing anyway. I'm sure. So first, let's talk about let's talk about weeded bourbon. So we've talked about mash bills before on here. Weeded bourbon means it has some significant portion of the mash bill as wheat, and although it's it's still bourbon, meaning over fifty percent corn, these have some noticeable percentage of wheat in them. Correct. Weeded bourbon is generally speaking defined as the second grain in the mash bill being wheat generally only a three grain mash bill you'll see four grain bourbon with wheat in it but those are generally referred to as four grain bourbon not necessarily weeded bourbon because most often the wheat is replacing the rye component in the corn rye barley okay and as is with both of these it is corn wheat barley in that order because obviously 51 or greater percent corn to be bourbon but then the wheat can be anything up to 49 percent but they're not going quite that far with it because malted barley is a very good thing to throw into a mash regardless of what you're making yeah i mean it's building complexity and which is why we like we like high rye bourbons as well because it builds complexity beyond the whatever we're calling our standard bourbon notes you know the big vanillas the roundness everything else correct plus uh, malted barley has really high concentrations of the enzyme alpha amylase, which is essential to break down starches into sugars, with, or carbohydrates, or all. The... Wow, <laughs> I I made the mistake of eating very shortly before this the the new Wendy's jalapeno popper spicy chicken sandwich. Wow, and look at you! I'm right now slipping into that slight food coma. So let me try that again. Alpha amylase. It's an enzyme. It's the same enzyme as in your saliva that breaks down starches into sugars. And it's good to have when you're in a mash bill, when you're mashing to help break down all the other grains, starches into sugars, so you can turn those sugars into alcohol. Yeah, it makes the process a little easier. So that that makes sense. Plus, barley does bring a good character to the Absolutely, character yeah. as well. Um, and we'll talk, let's talk generally about weeded bourbons for a second. Which one are we pouring first? I think we should go with the Weller 12. Okay. So while we're pouring, uh, let's talk about, so weeded bourbons by and large, when we're talking about what is currently the highest sought after bourbons, a lot of them are weeded bourbons in one form or another. Most of them coming from the same distillery. Correct. Uh, definitely the biggest names in weeded bourbon are largely from the Buffalo Trace Distillery. So the Weller line, the William LaRue Weller, the Old Rip Van Winkle, Pappy Van Winkle. Those are without a doubt the most sought after all weeded. weeded bourbons out there. And they're actually all the same re the same recipe, all sorts of same similarities. And anyway, same distillery, same recipe, all weeded bourbon. and they're all very sought after, yeah. So all basically the same mash bill. We've had, I mean, I've had different versions of, you know, different versions of Pappy Van Winkle over the years. You know, I don't have any here. I don't have any allocated stuff on my shelf, really, minus a couple things. So like, I don't have a, I don't have a collection of that kind of stuff. I've had the pleasure of enjoying some of them over the years, but I don't, I don't have a shelf full of anything like that. And it seems... Let, let, we'll talk about a specific example for a second. So, and it's, I just find it really interesting, you know, how, especially in Rochester, how quickly this stuff goes. You work at a store. I do, yeah. 
you work at Parkway Wine and Spirits. Wine and Spirits? Did I get that right? Wine and Liquor, same Wine thing. and Liquor. Parkway in Rochester. There's only one Parkway in Rochester, so it's hard to hard to get confused when you Google it. But So, it, it really interestingly, so I don't know if this happens in every city. It doesn't seem like it does. Like, you had some allocated stuff come in this last week. I saw it two minutes after it popped up on Facebook. Le- legitimately, two minutes. I saw it was a two-minute stamp. I called, no chance. All gone. Either on hold or gone. I saw on Facebook, gone in six minutes from the Facebook post to gone. I, I don't understand. I guess I just don't understand how that works. How were how people so tuned into that? And also the demand here for allocated beers, allocated spirits, seems to be almost insatiable, like completely insatiable. So we're, I'm going to work backwards. We'll start with the, the, the thirst and the appetite here in Rochester area and actually extends to Buffalo, Syracuse, pretty much any large population hub in New York state period or mm. pretty much anywhere in the country, really. But use where we know best. Uh, it's a massive appetite for these things. Absolutely massive. People like so the Van Winkle stuff and the Buffalo Trace Antique collection that all comes out once a year, and the way shipping of things works is they all go out the same week to all the stores that are getting it, and people will literally take off of work and follow trucks around to different stores and try and buy it as soon as it's off the truck. I I, I don't blame people for being excited. I would like to have some of that stuff in the house to share, but I think when I was at the peak of my beer, like um, beer nerdery, I waited in a few lines, but I never chased trucks. I just don't, I don't understand when you take that switch over to that side of it, I guess. Well, a big part of the hunt is not necessarily the, the, um, the kill isn't consumption. The kill is, reselling for thousands of dollars of profit and i think that's the part that bugs me the most yeah that's a huge thing that we could probably talk for hours about and about it well i i don't feel like uh it's one of those things where i kind of feel like giving it too much attention right now is more than it deserves that's fair but so we're not we're not going to talk about an msrp on this because it's irrelevant because you can't buy it at msrp unless you get lucky or you are chasing it Exactly. But I think, what is MSRP? I think it's like 40 bucks is fair. It's somewhere uh, in that range, right? But you'll see people paying more than a hundred for it right now. Yeah. And, but to keep working backwards through the thing that you were asking how it's possible, something goes that quick in about six minutes. So at least in New York, the biggest allocation that at least we get is at most three bottles of it. Of like as uh, the post you're talking about this week was Weller Antique, Weller Special Reserve, and Stag Junior, which are yeah. all Buffalo Trace things. And I think we got three bottles of the Special Reserve, two bottles of the Antique 107, and three bottles of the Stag Junior. Right, so and it's eight bottles, <laughs> eight total bottles. Right, and the phone rang off the hook, and it just was nonstop phone calls for even though everything was gone in about six minutes for about an hour. The phone didn't stop ringing even after scrambling wow. to update the post to say sold out because you know, it just, it's, it's insanity. Yeah. Honestly. 
Well, people use post notifications, have us on speed dial. It's, uh, it's, (laughs) it's something, man. But yeah, the, the phone calls, man, like the phone, you hear it in your sleep after days like that. And it's, uh, it's brutal. I can only imagine. Um, well, you know what? I think let's actually talk about the whiskey. Yeah, let's do that. Which is an interesting concept when it comes to these kind of things. You don't, people don't actually talk about these whiskeys that much. No, like they you don't. just see pictures of the bottles and people don't actually talk about them. Especially these ones. But real fast, because people are going to have questions about how I have a Weller 12. No, I did not jump the line and buy it. It was actually a gift on this one. I was very lucky. I don't normally... Uh, like, there's only been one time ever that I've jumped the line on anything. And it was not for bourbon, I'll tell you that. <laughs> so... Like I said, I've had some I've had some of the Buffalo Trace distilling weeded stuff before. Um, mostly in the Van Winkle line is where I've had it. I'm not sure I've ever actually had Weller before. I've never had any of the Stag line or the um, the other stuff. So this is actually my first time trying one of these. Right on, enjoy. Hopefully, nose is yeah, nose is really pleasant. I mean, it's relatively soft. It's got some it's got some high ester notes. I wouldn't call them like rum like, but it's it's very rounded. It's got a little bit of brightness to it. Nothing yeah. exceptional. You know, it's those high cherry notes, almost like cherry candy notes. I can see cherry candy notes. I get a lot of like the brighter notes are to me orchard fruit kind of like apple, but baked apple, mm-hmm. almost apple pie like, almost. Yeah, I can see now that you said apple pie, I'm getting those it's almost that fake cinnamon note. Yeah, yeah, the, a little bit of spice from the wood, a little bit of apple notes, a little bit of caramely vanilla, yep. kind of crumbly, brown sugary, but yeah, not kind of like an apple crisp. Yeah, like an apple crisp or an apple, uh, yeah, yeah. Apple crisp. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm getting almost a little bit of that fake potpourri nose. Yes, I would not, agree with again, that. Not, it's not unpleasant, but it's there's a there is an intensity to it. Well, I mean, uh, there's a rum we're going to be talking about in a future episode with a special guest, and some of the reviews of it are steaming hot garbage, but the person says in the same sentence that they love it. So there's a lot of a lot of weird things you can say that are actually positive, I guess. Absolutely. <clears throat> All right, I'm diving in. Yeah, now I'm getting that green apple a lot, almost that uh, Jolly Rancher green apple. Thankfully, I don't quite get Jolly Rancher because I hate Jolly Rancher green apple, but I get very much like underbaked green apple mm-hmm. where like the outside of the apple's soft, but the inside's still really crisp. Yeah, mine's opening up a little bit. I'm getting different stuff now. All right, I'm diving in. Interesting. I'm going to let you go first. I'd like to see your uh, your first-time thoughts, because this is far from my first time having Weller 12. It's not even the first bottle I've ever had. I'm working through it for a second. I think my, I don't, my palate hasn't been alcohol acclimated yet. I came Fair. right from work, and now we're diving in. Uh, to think, if this was like 30 years ago, you'd have had a bottle in your desk at work. <laughs> right? It, it would be something very much like this. 
so by the way, the reason I did that is my first sip was like, oh my God, this is way, this is really hot. I wasn't getting any subtlety. I was just getting heat. And now I'm getting into the actual flavors because it took me a second to acclimate to the proof. Yeah. And I just want to double check the proof because, you know, I have that food coma trying to set in on me, but it's only 90 proof, which not that 90 is an only number, but it definitely has a little more uh, zip to it than you would think for something 90. Yeah, I was actually thinking it was going to be over 100 based on how how hot it feels. It doesn't feel like 90. It feels hotter. Definitely. It's a little astringent, unfortunately. Especially for the, for the age, for something to be 12 and it to have that much like heat at 90 proof. It's a little surprising. Well, so there's some theories on aging bourbon that are very uh, varied. And one of the more common thoughts on age for bourbon is five to eight years well my personal theory that i prescribe to is five to eight years is prime and then anything older than that is a very severe um exception to that Mm -hmm. when it's good most things don't tend to actually be all that good and actually i don't remember who wrote the article and which publication it was with but i read an article not too long ago where someone interviewed some distillers of bourbon and asked them about, you know, 15, 20, whatever year old bourbons. And it was pretty much met every time with a laugh and saying, oh, the wood juice or, you know, things like that. So it's, uh, I'm not saying bourbon can't be good beyond five to eight years, but it's hard to find a lot of really good ones beyond five to eight years and you yeah. start running into some astringent wood no- woody notes and, well, and a little bit of you know kind of what we're running into here but it's still pleasant yeah no this is it's it's pleasant it's not the most dynamic of whiskeys by any means it's the palate is punch you in the face it's thick this is not a this is, doesn't dance on your palate this is a pounds your palate with one huge note, right? And that it's, note is bourbon. This is bourbon, damn it, you know? It is bourbon. It's woody. Like, that wood note you're talking about is super present on the top of the palate. Um, you're getting a little bit of those. You're actually getting a little tannins to it, a mm-hmm. little bit of that. Um, it's, it's super I, tannic and it's super concentrated woody, yeah. Continue I'm almost though, I'm getting, like, like, cough syrupy. Um, not, not again, not in a bad way. I think it's pleasant, but it's that cherry candy note. I'm not getting like fresh cherry juice, like fresh cherries. I'm getting like almost Maris, like bad maraschino cherries. So kind of Robitussin-y, but not as intense. Yeah. I'm getting some of those notes. I'm getting maraschino cherries. I'm not even getting maraschino. I'm getting marish, maraschino cherries, <laughs> you know, like bright red. Not like Luxardo's. I'm getting like bright red maraschinos. <laughs> Grocery store for your, yeah. uh, your ice cream sundae. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it's like that combined with that dense woodiness, but not like it's rounded woodiness. It's not like fresh wood. It's rounded deep woodiness. Yeah, def- most definitely. And it's one of those things where I really wish 
I had my old bottle of Weller 12 with the old style bottle and probably I got seven euros old that bottle was before I finished it off because they were they were they're different spirits from now and then because the older one the nose we're getting on this was the palette on that one this one's a little more astringent a little woodier and a little uh more one-dimensional relative to the nose it's interesting because now i'm going back for the second and third taste and i'm getting a little more of the brightness because the first one was just like it was almost it was i don't know it's not the right word it's almost it was almost lumpy it was just so one note intense and I'm getting a little bit more of the brightness and dancing now, but it's a lot of those same things. It's like those Luden's cough drops. Oh God. Yes. You know, it's that weird cherry note and that I'm specifically Luden's cough drops is the note I'm getting. Oh God. Yeah. I don't get it over the top, but I've had that taste in spirits before where it was very specifically Luden's cough drops. Only those, not like yep. halls or anything. Those like heavily well, medicated. Because they're basically candy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, true. But overall, what do you think? Would you, what would, would you be happy to pay retail around forty or so? For yeah, it? I'd be I'd be very happy to pay retail for it. Um, I don't love it. Um, I'm enjoying it. I like those dark woody notes. I could see this fitting into the range of things I have on the shelf and as part of an exploration of bourbon, I think something like this with that extra age, and we say extra meaning 12, not extra meaning 20 or 23. Um, like this would be a nice addition to say, Hey, this is what age does to it. I think it's a valuable addition. I wouldn't want to pay a hundred dollars for this. That was going to be my next question. Yeah, I agree. This is not $100 whiskey by any no. stretch of it. There's, in my opinion, there's very few bourbons that are worth $100. Triple digits is not a common uh, worth it for bourbon to me thing. Yeah. But I'm not saying there's none out there that are worth it. There's definitely some that are. I've, I've paid more than $100 for bourbon before, but it's fewer and further between for me on high cost for bourbon yeah it's it's pleasant it's enjoyable i like the profile overall certainly not my favorite profile but is it nice to have yeah i don't think it's worth i don't think it's worth a chase i i i don't think it's that good i i have multiples on the shelf i prefer over this at significantly less available price points i mean even the you know, one that I've been drinking more is that the that Wyoming Red. I prefer that, oh, and at a wow. price point, I can actually buy it off the shelf. The Wyoming is you're talking about the double the Pedro Jimenez cask. Uh no, this is the regular, the regular Wyoming okay, okay. Red. I don't know what it is actually. The the red label should be the double cask. Was it? Uh, I'm actually double check that. Small batch bourbon whiskey. I don't think it's the double cask. Okay, then it's not the double cask. It's but anyway, Wyoming. That's about a five-year-old weeded. Yeah, and I think it's great, especially for under forty. It's really good. Yeah, it's brighter. It's down. It dances, and you know what? It's actually less. It's less of the stuff that we were talking about that wasn't as great. You know, it wasn't as tannic. It wasn't as deeply woody, and I think it was. 
it was a lot more balanced in a lot of ways. Oh, absolutely. But we can all talk. Right. I definitely want to do stuff from Wyoming at some point, so we'll we'll go all uh, all in on stuff from them probably soon because it's fun. But right. on to this Mackenzie. Yeah. So what? Let's talk about age on this one. So this is from a you know much newer distillery than Buffalo Trace. Yep. Just Buffalo Trace uh, is the oldest continuously operating distillery in America. They operated right through Prohibition as a uh, a medicinal whiskey plant. Because, yeah, uh, fuck the law. If you can get a prescription, you can still drink. Taking our medicines. Politicians love their loopholes. So this is interesting. So when we talk about, when we talked about wheat in the first one, I didn't detect any grain on the nose. Because it has that age. I didn't detect grain on the nose. You detected some of the notes from it, but not grain itself. Yeah, and this one, it's only four years younger, so it's two thirds the age of the Weller Twelve. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's not like it's not overdone. It's not overwooded or anything. And this particular release was a, a distillery only Black Friday release from last year. Okay. So I am getting a little bit of grain on the nose, <laughs> a little bit of that cereal grain. Not again, not in a bad way. But I'm getting a little bit of cereal grain on the nose. Kind of granola-like without the added sweetness. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I think granola is a good note. Without, yeah, without honey, without the other stuff, I'm getting a little of that dry, that dry granola nose. It's rounded, but that's most of what I'm getting on the nose. It's not, I'm not getting a huge perfume of alcohol or anything like that. And this one I do really need to double-check alcohol on. Take a guess. So I'm getting some getting some heat. I'm gonna guess it's mm. perception wise, does it feel higher or lower than the Weller? It feels less heat, but I'm getting more alcohol presence. So I'm gonna say it's mm, a Buck 10? 104.3, so 52.2%. Okay. Yeah, it's it's different. Like, my first flush of the Weller was like, oh, wow, this is a lot of alcohol. Like, it was stingy almost. This isn't that. It's different. It's a different alcohol hit. I'm not exactly sure how to describe it. It's more subtle. It's a little better integration a little more approachable. It's also like it, you get roasted corn and yes, the soft cereal notes. A yeah, little... much. It's much dancier on the palate. Like it's sweet less intense. Notes. Yeah, I'm getting sweetness. Um, it's less intense for sure. Um, everything about it's less intense actually. I'm but getting not, a little bit not sorry. weak though. It's definitely it's just more elegant, more nuanced. Yes. Ooh. Yeah, those the wheat notes are very interesting. Almost like caramelized wheat. But still, you know that it's wheat versus like ground flour. It's like 
almost buckwheat, like caramelized buckwheat, honeyed buckwheat. You know, it's got that it's got some real grain, real wheatness to it that the other one doesn't have. Yeah, like buckwheat pancakes without the sweetness. This is a little, yeah. it, you know, it's still got sweet flavors, but it's relatively dry. Mm-hmm. It's taking me a second to acclimate to it, especially after that, you know, punch in the face that the first one was. Yeah, in terms of the actual spirit Ooh. itself, it probably would have been smarter to go first. But in terms of talking about these, I think Weller had to go first, unfortunately. Yeah. No, for sure. This is it's a very interesting transition because now with my third and fourth sip, I'm getting a little more of the wood and age to it. I'm starting to I'm starting to acclimate to that part of it because the big the bright flavors dominated on the first on the first couple sips. And now I'm getting a little bit of that wood and tannin on the back, but it's not as thick. It's a finished note, not a dominating note. Right. So mash bill on this real quick, because they do put the exact on the label, 70% corn, 20% wheat, 10% barley. And that makes sense. It's not crazy soft. It's not crazy thick. I think it generally makes sense. Everything about it makes sense to me. It feels deliberate. It feels like it was made with the intention of tasting like this. When I think it also works at this age, I think if it were a little younger at this proof, I think it would be a little bit bracing in a lot of ways. You know, it's, I believe it's actually the same mash bill as uh, something else we've, I think we talked about this before, didn't we? Hmm. Hang on. The bottled and bond. I think did we, we did do? that early. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was one of our earlier ones. Yeah. I believe it's actually the same mash bill. Let me see if the mash bill's on here. But the bottled and bond is what, a four? Four years, yeah. That's a four year, but it's a little bit lower since it's a hundred proof. Correct. And it's a blend, not just a single barrel. Uh, Mash bill's not on the label. Never mind. But you can definitely do, I mean, that's that's the interesting part about that is even though it's younger because you're blending between different barrels, you can actually come up with a smoother finish than you can necessarily with a single barrel absolutely because you've got such a broad spectrum of flavors to draw from it's like this barrel has the notes it has but a barrel right next to it from the same day from the same distillate filled next to each other aging next to each other it could be way more fruit driven it could be way more spice driven it could have more caramel less caramel more vanilla it could be a few shades darker even you know there's just so much random acts of nature going on if you will now interesting we were talking about fruit before and on this one now i'm getting um almost like bright apple skins like bright the bright notes of an apple but also with the skins because of that intensity of appleiness yeah, but a, a red-skinned apple. Yeah, oh, definitely a red-skinned apple, not not green. It's got that redness to it. It's that rounded high redness that I'm thinking like like a really good empire almost, but almost it's almost like the aroma of a red delicious, but the brightness of an empire. Yes, 
I agree completely. I was just sitting there running through different apple varietals in my head. Because Red and Delicious Empire's is perfect, a garbage yeah. apple. It tastes terrible, <laughs> but it's very, it has actually is a pretty strong apple aroma to it. Yes. Um, but this it has some brightness to it that Red Delicious don't, doesn't have because Red Delicious is a garbage apple. It is. Don't you say that about Golden Delicious, though. I like my Golden Delicious apples. Well, it depends. If you've got a baby mouth and you like like generic, <laughs> soft, fruity things, yeah, fine. <laughs> Golden Delicious apples are awesome for, you know, just crushing an apple Ooh. real fast, but there's definitely better apples. I'm liking this more and more the more I taste it. That first blush where I said it was getting, it was a little sharp. I'm losing that now that I'm tasting it multiple times. I think both of these are better suited for a longer session than they are for a quick. Absolutely. Especially this one. It opens up so nicely. I'm I'm enjoying it a lot more now that it's been sitting for a few minutes. It's almost got like a walnutty. Yeah. At this point, like walnut, like a really oily, fresh walnut. No, I'm getting more of that oiliness and the richness now. Well, at first, I was getting just brightness. And now I'm getting much more rounded, much more... When we said it was balanced at first, it was balanced in its brightness. Now it's more balanced all around. Absolutely, yeah. It's got a nice... The finish on it. Oh, yeah. Kind of eucalyptus-y. Mm-hmm. Kind of menthol-y, tingly. And it kind of has like a, a pop rock effect, the alcohol dissipating. I think this is a huge example on both cases. Our first, my first descriptions versus the end are almost completely different. I thought the Weller at first was almost oppressively heavy. And then it lightened up over time. I've actually got a little more Weller in my first class. I'm going to go back to yeah. it real fast. Yeah, for sure. And then the Mackenzie... I thought at first was almost overly bright. Not again, not in a harsh alcohol way, but bright. It almost only bright. And now it's softening and I'm getting more of the, you're right. Those walnutty rounded toasty notes without it being heavy. So going back to the Weller, the nose is almost like a mapley pecan thing going on. Yep. But the palate kind of, falling off a little bland and after drinking the Mackenzie. It's interesting because I'm not getting as oppressive a wood note, but I'm not getting as much dynamic. The Mackenzie yeah, is much more kinda, dynamic. It's kind of, it's kind of, I don't know. I think, I'm thinking I need another sip after going back to this. Cause I don't want to, I don't yeah. want to be right now. I feel like what I'm about to say is too harsh on it. Cause it's not, you know, it doesn't deserve any harshness on this. It's just, no, it's a little flat. Yes. It's interesting. I think I liked it in the middle more than I like it now. I like the Mackenzie a lot more now than I did at the start. But this wasn't that long. We're only talking 20 minutes. Yeah. Exactly. It's And it's changed amazing. a lot. So I'd it's say really the big lesson out of this is taste through the whole evolution of this sitting in your glass. If you're going too fast on this, I think either one, you're going to miss the best part of it. <laughs> I would agree. And that, that 
remains true, I think, for most most spirits in general. Or even drinking beer at different different temperatures, beer can oh. taste totally different. Wine for sure. Wine, wine especially too. Yeah, I wine's too cold. I don't enjoy it that much. I mean, you got to get to get those complex notes. The interesting part in the middle. I think both of these need time to be better. I think the Weller's better in the middle of that time. I think the McKenzie's better after even a little bit more time. Um, I'd say both are good. I definitely like the McKenzie more at the end. I think I might like the Weller more in the middle. So we're going to talk price on the McKenzie now. So bear in mind, craft distillery that's only been around about 11 years, much smaller production. It's a single barrel offering. And it was an annual release. It was a hundred dollars. I personally am happy to have paid that for it. Yes. But would you pay it for it? No. I think it's I think paying the hundred is not unreasonable for the specific experience that it is. If we're talking specifically, is this specific whiskey a hundred dollar whiskey to me? I would say no. But they're very they're very different balances. Like if I were sitting here, if I were sitting across the table from Brian, Brian, right? Brian McKenzie, yeah. Brian the, McKenzie. Uh, if I, or if from the distiller. I, I don't know who the distiller is now. The distiller on this one is not the same distiller who is working now. Okay. Because uh, it's only been a few years, but I, I can never remember his name. But for He's example, a, if, if I were yeah. sitting across the table from the distiller and they said this is a $100 whiskey, I'd say for the experience of getting something that's limited, getting something that's, you know, a one-time release, it's a single barrel, it's very specific. I don't think it's unreasonable for it to be an expensive price. Would Now that I've tasted it, would I want to pay $100 for this? No, I wouldn't. But I don't think that's a huge, I don't think that's a bad thing to say, to be honest. No, definitely not. The, but here's the, here's the real question now. If you had to buy at $100, either the Weller or this, which would you prefer? I'm going to give you two different answers. <laughs> so which one do I like more? I'm going to taste this one last time before I say. That's fair. It's um, to be honest, it's almost a dead heat now that I've tasted it in all the different phases. So what I'm going to say is I would rather pay the $100 for the Weller, even though I don't think it's worth it, because I think it would be instructive for me to have it to show to other people. I think it's a dead heat between the two. They're very different. They're both interesting in their own ways. I don't think the Weller is something I would spend my time and effort chasing down at $100. That is fair. So I would pick the McKenzie for also fair. a similar but very different reason. I think it's a perfect example of what craft distilling can do in its older iterations. Like, you know, uh, Finger Lakes Distilling is one of the older craft distillers out there at, you know, around 11 years old. 
and it just it shows what the future for a lot of these smaller distilleries provided they survive the pandemic and the tariffs and all these other things and for those who don't understand how tariffs affect american craft distillers export business is huge that's not happening right now we could do a three-hour talk about that we won't yeah but if distilleries survive this is what the future looks like for those and it's it's delightful and i think that's it's an important point we're talking about something that if you mention it to any you know whatever we're going to call them bourbon geeks from around the country every single person who follows the stuff in any way will know exactly what this is and that it's a pain in the ass to get and it's more expensive than msrp the mckenzie very few people know about but it's so interesting it's dynamic I mean, we've had we've tried a few of them already. We've tried the rye. We've tried the bottle and bond. We're trying this. It's a fantastic distillery, but the craft profile is different. And we can enjoy it for what it is. That's why it's this is a fascinating, fascinating comparison. Because we're talking about something that people chase trucks for and something where you can go buy fantastic products directly from the distillery go there and talk to the person right here in new york state and get something that's really interesting at a i'd say generally a very reasonable price point that's fair for sure so one george thank you for bringing thanks for putting those samples together i think that was an inspired decision to look at those at the same time um but i think we'll close out the episode george where can they find you on all the social medias on the social medias uh just find me on instagram at whiskey jedi with the e and uh you can find me at stromy on twitter and instagram i've started a new food delivery service here in rochester called curate you can find us at curatemeals.com we're delivering meals for two where you don't know what you're getting until it shows up to your door for forty dollars we're working with small restaurants, trying to support businesses uh, right now and deliver fun experiences to your house. So take a look at that. Chris has actually talked to me about this a few times now. It's honestly a really awesome idea, and he's partnered with some really awesome restaurants. So if you're adventurous, do it. It's especially especially for the cost. Dinner for two for that much. It's yeah. great. And appreciate that. So everybody, thanks so much for listening. And we will be back next time on In Good Spirits. See ya. Cheers.